Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by GDIT and brought to you by Dell Technologies and Kerasoft Technology Corporation. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and today is episode three of a three-part series that explores some of the benefits for defense agencies in using the MillCloud 2.0 procurement platform. And we'll look at how defense agencies and their partners can securely launch a wide range of cloud computing projects faster and at significantly lower cost than what's typically available using commercial cloud programs. Our guest today is Brian White Knight, MillCloud 2.0 Partner Director. Since 2019, Brian has been leading partner operations and directing the cloud services go-to-market strategy for GDIT. Brian, welcome to the program and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, White. Glad to be here. In our last episode, we talked about how MillCloud 2.0 is helping Defense Department agencies fast-track the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Those capabilities won't be as effective, though, without clean data. So today, we want to take a closer look at how MillCloud 2.0 is helping defense agencies move data and applications to the cloud almost immediately with secure cloud access supported by DISA and GDIT. So let me start by asking, Brian, as DOD agencies move to the cloud, network and data security are obviously top concerns. When it comes to deciding which cloud to move to, what security options or security levels are available to mission partners on MillCloud 2.0 compared to what's available from commercial cloud providers? Well, Wyatt, when mission partners are deciding to move and understand which cloud they want to move to, they have a variety of considerations. Within the DoD, they have security impact levels. Those range from IL-2 to IL-4, 5, and 6, IL-6 or CIPRNET being the highest security level. Depending on the types of data, there are a variety of requirements and guidelines outlined by the DoD that allow mission partners to determine which types of security level they want to move into. For example, if a mission partner is hosting a public website that doesn't change its content very much, then that's a perfect example or use case for IL-2. As you go up the security stack, you're getting more into mission critical applications and workloads and more stringent identity access. You know, ultimately, the impact levels are fairly straightforward. From our perspective, MillCloud 2.0 begins at impact level 5, and our team is working hard to bring IL-6 to our service offering very soon. You know, what's really cool is we are a multi-tenant on-demand cloud at impact level 5, and again, IL-6 coming soon. And that's really unique because other cloud service providers require dedicated infrastructure at impact level 5 and above. And as you can imagine, that is a much higher monetary commitment for cloud entry. Well, Brian, as most of our listeners know, the process for a cloud service or application to obtain an authority to operate or an ATO, you know, that's historically been a pretty arduous and expensive process. How is MillCloud 2.0 assisting mission owners with the ATO process for new projects? You know, that's a good question, Wyatt. In my opinion, that process has been deemed more arduous and expensive because it takes so much time. So let me give you a little background into how we are tackling that time challenge. As mission partners are assessing which cloud to move to, towards the top of their list is usually inherited security controls. Within MillCloud 2.0, one of our unique security aspects is that we're inside physical data centers and on military bases, as we like to say, behind gates, guards, and guns. We're also riding on the DODEN, or Department of Defense Information Network, leveraging DIS's ICAP, or Internal Cloud Access Point, and FedRAMP High Accredited with IL-5 Provisional Authority. 
And I know that's a mouthful, but that's because there's a lot of security inherent and backed by that. All of these security controls are part of an inheritance package that we pass through to the mission partner so that they can leverage it, effectively collapsing that time to ATO. A lot of times mission partners don't have the personnel or subject matters to accomplish this laundry list of security requirements. So as you can imagine, it greatly accelerates their learning curve and aids their authorizing official in security sign-off. You know, we also have 70 plus labor categories and firm fixed price consulting packages available on contract that we can purchase with MIPR or government credit card. If there's a gap in that expertise, we can fill it pretty easily. Well, that's interesting. Kind of in a related question, DOD agencies and their partners obviously have unique networking and data security requirements. How is GDIT working with large and small mission owners to migrate workloads into MillCloud 2.0? And particularly when they have specific enclaves or communities of interest, which require access to common services like Active Directory, which may be managed by a third party. So we could take up the entire podcast discussing this one question alone. One of the issues we have is depending on the size of the organization, many mission partners are getting common services, like you mentioned, Active Directory, from third-party service providers. And when they go to move that application, they realize decoupling it from the MSP is much more complex and expensive than they had originally planned. The flip side of that is if they are a larger organization and they're managing these types of common services inside our mission partner community or communities of interest, then they may already have accredited access points for physical hardware sitting on DISA facility. This allows them to simply connect to MillCloud 2.0 and treat it as an additional enclave. So each of these additional use cases allow us to work with a customer, scope their project, make migrations as easy as possible. You know, unfortunately, it's never a one-size-fits-all. But ultimately, it's about working side-by-side with DISA and the customer to scope the project, set expectations, and you know, simplify the migration process as much as possible with the agreed acceptance criteria and deliverables. Again, we're a firm fixed price contract, so there are no unforeseen gotchas. We have a great team of engineers and consultants that help walk the customer through every step. Well, in a previous episode, the speed and ease that defense agencies are acquiring engineering services, kind of like you discussed, in addition to core infrastructure, made working with MillCloud 2.0 pretty attractive and something we talked about. But my question for you, Brian, is how does this translate into faster migration and accreditation of applications running securely on MillCloud 2.0? Yeah, so great question here, Wyatt. So this is where DIS has done just a brilliant job of putting the contract together. Other cloud contracts that are emerging in the federal marketplace are definitely more task order and RFX dependent. The mission partner still needs to go through the lengthy business process analysis and procurement process that can take anywhere from 6 to 12 months or even longer. With MillCloud 2.0, it's simply a MIPR of government credit card, as I said before. The services have been pre-competed, vetted, and priced, so all the customer has to do is set up an account on millcloud2.mil, browse the catalog, create an estimate, submit, and they're effectively up and running in 24 to 48 hours. So now we're talking about moving to the cloud in a few days as opposed to a few months. The power is tremendous for that mission partner. You know, it gives them a way to consume the speed of technology instead of always lagging behind technology. So we've met with over 400 mission partners to date, and we found that data fidelity is a real issue. What customers think they have, what they actually have, and what they can physically move to the cloud are three entirely different things. One of the ways we've solved this is by creating a data migration service in MillCloud 2.0 using a device from Ruby. 
So Rubrik's interesting because it's the only accredited device for backup and data movement on the approved product list, which allows customers to bring capability into their on-prem environment that can globally index, consolidates data, and backs up their data all in one. It literally is a plug-and-play device that can be racked, stacked, up and running in their data center within a day. It's a pretty awesome technology. Well, speaking of backup, you know, disaster recovery and continuity of operations are of paramount importance to the DOT. How is MillCloud 2.0's unique location inside DIS's data centers addressing the military's data protection and recovery requirements? Yeah, so while you're absolutely right here, this is of paramount importance to most mission partners. So as we're out there talking with mission partners, a lot of folks have varying levels of DR and coup plans, as you can imagine. Invariably, when you start working with the application owners, you start laying out what does the architecture look like, what is the availability, what are their requirements for RTO, RPO, and their SLAs. You get down into the weeds of what they truly want to accomplish and how quickly they need access to that data. Candidly, in most of the commercial clouds today, the quicker you need access to that data, the more you're going to pay for it. You're also going to pay for the movement of that data between availability regions and zones, so there is an additional transaction meter going on there. Because we sit in two separate DISA data centers on two separate grids, we already are providing that regional separation that the DOD and mission partners require for their DR and coup plans. We're also not charging them for network bandwidth or data transfer charges between regions, which is absolutely a non-trivial differentiator for MillCloud 2.0. You know, I really want to give DIS a credit here. When we laid out the overall network architecture, we put in a dedicated replication circuit between regions that effectively gives mission partners a super highway to move data between those regions. And again, considering that there are no network bandwidth and data transfer charges, that gives the mission partner a powerful edge. It certainly sounds like it. I'm afraid, though, that we're going to have to leave it there for today. Brian White Knight, thanks so much for joining us to talk about the MillCloud 2.0 program. Thanks for having me, Wyatt. It was uh, absolutely my pleasure. And thanks to GDIT for underwriting today's episode and to Dell Technologies and Kerasoft Technology Corporation for their support. Look for all three podcasts in this series and more of our coverage on IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com and our Fedscoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash, your host. Thanks for joining us.